you are fully endowed mm-hmm. with the capacity yeah. to write down more powerful decisions about your future and your life than you've ever made before. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Building a Life You Love. This is your host, Kristen, and I cannot wait for you to hear today's conversation. It is so good. We're going to talk about how we build legacy and impact in the world, how we use wealth and generating and circulating wealth to have bigger impact in our lives, in our communities, and then globally. We are going to talk about how we make more powerful decisions, and we are going to talk about going after the life we really want so we don't get to the end of our life and have regrets and wish we had done it differently. So take a listen. I can't wait for you to be inspired by this amazing conversation. Hi, today on the show, I would like to welcome Alok Apaterai. He is the visionary leader and business coach. He's also the author of the new book coming out, Maximum Impact Potential. And he is also the founder and CEO of Uplift Millions. He's also the father to Sequoia and partner to Caitlin. And I am so excited for this conversation today about leaving a legacy and the impact we can have in the world with our businesses. Welcome, Alok. Kristen, such an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let me tell let me ask you first. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey to get here? I know it's an interesting one, and I know you've you know been through lots of things. You've started different businesses. Can, so can you share that with us? And then what are you doing now? Sure. Yeah. You know, for the last 20 years, I've been building impact-driven companies that are dedicated to making the world a better place. Uh, first one was in clean energy. Second one was in global media for women to reshape body image and mass media for women around the world. Third one was a sustainable clothing company that fed 500,000 meals to people in need. And that's what I gave my TEDx talk on. And now I run Uplift Millions, a global coaching and consulting company for entrepreneurs who want to build six to eight figure companies that value people, planet, and profit. Awesome. So tell me, how did you first realize that you wanted to make sure that the businesses you were a part of and that you were starting, you know, had bigger impact than just where you spend your money? When I was 19, I was uh, driving in North India in the backseat of a car. My dad's from India, and I had a spiritual experience. I was on the investment banking track in college, and uh, it was a hair-raising drive. And essentially, long story short, my 80-year-old self sat next to me and looked at me and said, Alok, what did you do with your life? Who'd you spend your time with? And did it make a difference? Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I was like, oh my God, if I just continue this track, it's I'm going to disappoint my 80-year-old self. And Mm -hmm. uh, so I went back to university, rebuilt my major, and everything I've done since then, uh, I was a teacher for five years after I graduated college, and then I started this impact-driven business career. Awesome. So let me ask you, where do most people, where do they fall, and then where are we getting stuck? If, If we haven't come along yet to realize how much impact we really can have in the world by what we create in this wealth that we're hopefully building and and having some stability and uh, freedom with. You know, I think that's so much of our sort of societal narratives kind of, you know, track us in, you know, get the job, get the house, you know, go to Walmart, go to Costco, right? It's like, there's a sort of normalized just sort of way of being. And I think more and more people are going through an awakening of like, huh, like, I think many people don't realize, oh my God, we have so much impact that every decision that we make either has a positive or negative impact in the world. There's no neutral, right? And so it's it's not about trying to be a saint or anything like that, but I think it's that it's more what I'd like to empower your audience to think about is like, how do I begin sort of one step at a time, Mm -hmm. right? They don't have to worry about some massive overhaul of their entire life, but 
what, what about the micro decisions that would begin? And then you might start moving into some mid-level decisions. You might move into some macro decisions uh, that to make impact. But even if just the, even the tiniest little decisions you begin to make can actually have an outsized impact in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And the two things that I want to mention after hearing that one was I had heard a stat and I now I can't remember who said I'll have to look, look for it and add it to the show that in our lifetime, this is not with platforms, right? So this is not with us using social platforms and yeah. YouTubes and all the things just in our day to day, go into the grocery and, you know, dropping kids off. We would reach over 80,000 people. We'd have impact on 80,000 people's lives. And I was like, wow. So that's of course, not with all the other things a lot of us are doing right on these platforms, but every single person, you know, just you know, your neighbor, your grandma, right? They have that kind of impact in others' lives or they could. So that was one thing I want to mention because I think some people think, well, I don't have a platform. I'm not this business that has a high profile, but it doesn't matter, right? We can touch lives by conversations and by what we do in small gestures. And then two, I say to people, and you know, it took me till only the last couple of years to realize this, our life is our ministry. And whether you're faith-oriented or not, it's, we don't, you don't have to have something called a ministry for it to be a ministry. You are the ministry. And so I think a lot of people don't get that. They think, well, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a youth minister. I'm not. And no, that you are actually that already, but based on what you're doing and, and how you choose to um, show up in the world. Yeah. You know, in our Blue Zone CEO Mastermind, uh, one of the first assignments we give all of our clients, even though it's a business container, is what is your one million person plan? Mm-hmm. And you know, new clients are sort of like, well, what do you mean? Right. Yeah. And I'm like, look, even if you're not doing anything, your number's accurate, 80,000 or whatever, like you're already making an impact. Like right. your decisions already are rippling around the world. We live in a mm-hmm. globalized world. My, my father's an anthropologist. He wrote on globalization, right? Like we already live in a globalized world. You already right. are impacting around the world by simply being in alive right. right so then when i start blowing their mind by saying let's let's actually consciously cultivate a plan for to affect 1 million lives they're like right um, yeah, i love it, that it's really just a, a decision of of how do you want to live and and i love your idea this concept of you are the ministry mm-hmm. <laughs> you already are it's right. already happening right That's so right. You yeah, you don't have to, to call it anything special. That's, that's right. right. That's yeah. right. And you don't have to wait for someone to give you permission mm-hmm. to realize that you actually are that. I love that concept of you are the ministry. Yeah. Um, so two things. I think a lot of people fall in two camps, especially, you know, people that would listen to this podcast or, you know, that we probably come across. I think one type of person might be they know they want to make impact in the world. They know what kind of tugs at their heart and they know maybe what their, their gifts are, they're good at, but they can't figure out how do I take those things and connect them into making a business that has impact and profit, you know, that they, they can sustain themselves on how, so the first question with that is, what do we tell those people? How can we step from that into actually creating this, um, you know, wealth, um, circulating type, um, entity, if you will. The, 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 the ability to move uh, from passion to profits, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of that, that right. big leap, right? So the first thing I would say to your audience is fast forward to the end of your life. I know this sounds so morbid and people are like, oh, no. oh my gosh, I don't want to think about that. But I'm like, fast forward out to that other zone of mm-hmm. your life, right? That other chapter. Climb into the skin of that version, which is what I did when I was 19, right? Anybody mm-hmm. can do it. They don't have to have the spiritual experience in North India, 
Right. Anybody right now can tap into that mm-hmm. 80, 90, 100 year old version of themselves and ask, ask that version of you, what would I regret not having moved forward during my lifetime? And I really want your audience, like, please take that in, climb in and listen. Your, your future self will tell you, mm-hmm. hey, Kristen, please don't stay at this job for the next 25 years that you're miserable in. Or that you're good at. And for some people, they're not even miserable. They're good at it. They get paid really well. Right. You know, and they kind of got that golden handcuffs because they've got the three kids that are in the schools and the lacrosse teams and all whatever the things are. And yeah. so they're like, oh, I'm just going to slog this out for my lifetime. But guess what? You're going to get to the end of the end of your life and have regret. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know that you talk a lot about building a life you love, mm-hmm. right? Well, part of it is let it be guided by what you would regret not having done later. So if something inside of you knows that you would regret not actually having run a business that actually created impact, like listen to that now. Right. Listen to it now because there's nothing worse than regret. Nothing. Absolutely. Uh, So a couple of things came to me when you were saying that. The first was if someone hasn't read the book or the blog, The Five Regrets of the Dying, that's right. You need to go search it right now and find it because it totally. talks about, right? The, that and the other things like people didn't say their truth. They didn't say the things they wish they had to the people they loved. They didn't take the fun trips. They didn't, you know, they didn't take the risks. And it's sad, but it's only sad for us if we don't take heed to that warning, right? So right. 100% agree with you. And then one thing I did in the last couple of years that I don't, I hadn't done before is write that letter of your future old self to yourself now at first it seemed I know I get it it seems like a little awkward exercise but I will tell you after you write write it and I've done the kid version letter to myself too it's powerful I mean some of the stuff you if you really let yourself take a half an hour hour to sit down and do it it's shocking what you put in there both like what are you doing well right now and then what like would you advise to do different so I would say do that if you've never done that before and, and the listen. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And listen to your future self. Mm-hmm. See, people will say, oh, "I'm looking for a sign," and when I, I'm like, "God gave you one." Right. It was through the letter from your future self, but you ignored it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like the story of like I'm drowning in the ocean. God sends the lifeboat right. for it, waiting for God to come save me. It's like, you know, whatever your faith, whatever your tradition is right. out there, like listen to what emerges from what your future self tells you. Hundred percent. And then the other thing, when you were talking, what it reminded me of is we are so stuck on being comfortable. Even when we're uncomfortable, we're, we don't want to get out of that comfort of being uncomfortable that we get stuck there. And I try to tell people, and I have so many friends that get stuck in this. I've been at the same job for so many years and they're they like, even though they're not happy anymore, they'd rather stay because they feel like, well, I put all this time in instead of what I say is shift the context and say, what if, what if I change jobs and it's amazing? What if like I started my own business and it's better than I could ever imagine instead of a fear-based what if? And so we just have a hard time of shifting that switch to a, in a positive, like what would be the best thing would happen instead of only looking at the negative context of something? Yeah. We could, our company at Uplift Millions, we call that the negative what ifs versus the yes. positive. What, yeah. like, what if it doesn't go right? What if it falls apart? What if I fail? What if, what if my business doesn't work out? What if I don't get enough clients? What if, right. And it's yeah. like, well, what if it's better than you ever imagined? Right. 
right? Because we're so hardwired the way our brain, where our nature of our brain has evolved over thousands and thousands of years is to look for fears and look for threats, right? The lion's coming to get me, Um, right? And and my thing is, let me tell you what's worse than the fear of failure is the fear that you'll get to the end of your life and didn't go for what you were most capable of doing and, and, and solve the mission of why you came to earth. I'll tell you, that's way worse. I would rather fail over and over and over again, which if I'm being totally honest and transparent with your, with your audience, I've been in a 20 year career. Some of it's worked and done great. Some of it I've fallen down on my face and splatted and had to peel myself up, right? But I keep going on this drive to make an impact in the world because it's the way I'm hardwired. And I would rather fail and going for it than to live my life in a dead-end job afraid of going for something bigger. Absolutely. So what about the other people where they're now, and I know you work with a lot of these types of types of people, they're doing pretty well, right? In their, their business, a lot of them have started their own businesses, solopreneur or bigger, but plateau hit, hits, right? So what do we do? I mean, what do you see, I guess, right, is happening there? And then how do we step past that? I'll just share my own journey, uh, which is that in, you know, before 2016, I was a rising star in the social impact business space. I got a lot of you know, public attention and blah, 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 right? 2016, wheels fell off. I lost everything. Personal life fell apart. My business life fell apart. I ended up in a one-room studio, no car. And it was a real coming to coming to G's moment, you know? It was like, what just happened? I have a heart of gold. I have a commitment to want to make the world a better place. I work hard. I'm put in long hours. Like You would think it should work out. And I want to reveal to your audience the thing that I wasn't doing, the thing I wasn't doing was asking for help. Mm-hmm. I was trying to figure everything out on my own. Yeah. So for those that are plateauing, most likely you've gotten yourself as far as you can go. Mm-hmm. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. And you don't need to feel embarrassed. See, I used to feel embarrassed that I had plateaued. And then I didn't want to admit it because I thought, look at all these entrepreneurs. They're clearly figuring it out on their own. No, they're not. Yeah. Highly successful people. I started praying. I was like, what am I not doing? Right. And the thing that was revealed to me is that I wasn't raising my hand and asking for help. Mm, I love that. And I love that you shared that for two reasons. One, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there, like lots of signals said success, but not necessarily the ones that all mattered. Right. Or I thought, oh, once we get this blah, right. Or I thought, oh, I just have to find the right person instead That's- of just scream and tell everybody you need help. And hopefully the right person will find you to help. Right. And I didn't do that either because, you know, at different times. And I, I think we, many of us still struggle with that. Like we get help in some areas, but then other areas we're like, no, it's, you know what I mean? We, we rationalize to ourselves. So I like that you shared that, but the other reason, um, I, I'm trying to remember what I was going to say. So I like that you shared it because it's so true. The other thing though, too, is I think we're to your point, we're always growing. So to help, we need changes. And you know, one thing I've seen and I hear is that two things happen. If you are honest about that, you need help and where you're at and what you're doing, and then you're enthusiastic about it, right? You have this energy or so behind it. People can't help, but gravitate towards that, but they also can't help, but want to connect you with somebody because right. you're clear on what you need and need can be, I need help with how do I make income or how do I get more following? Or it can be, I just need help. Like, people to come behind me, whatever it is. But when we're clear on those two things, like we have the energy and enthusiasm behind the thing we're doing and we're clear on what stage we're at, right? The doors blow open because people 
people want to help people that are really clear on what they're doing, including that, you know, I'm at this stage, like I'm a newbie or I'm at this, they want to come along. And so I love that you shared that because I think it's really important to point out. Yeah. You know, I, I always ask uh, on a scale of one to 10, how equipped do you feel in the current moment to make the impact that you want to make during your lifetime, particularly for heart-centered entrepreneurs, which tend to be my world of people, right. right? On a scale of one to 10. And most of them realize that even though their desire is at a 10, mm-hmm. if they're actually being honest with themselves, they're probably like a three mm-hmm. in terms of actually feeling supported, capable, and have the structures in place to make that big vision impact come to life, mm-hmm. right? And once you're yeah. honest, then you want to say to yourself, okay, well, if I'm being honest and I'm about a three right now, it's not about being hard on yourself or feeling right. bad. It's just being honest. Yeah. Great. Then raise your hand and let the universe start surrounding yourself with people who have already figured it out. who have already right. cracked the code, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's two types of people listening to this. Those that are going to value money over time. Mm-hmm. So those are going to be the people who are like, well, I'll just read the books and watch the YouTube videos and listen to the podcasts that are free, that are around me, and I'll make my biggest potential come to life. Mm-hmm. And then there are those that value time over money because mm-hmm. they realize time is finite, time they can't get back. So they'll right. invest into surrounding themselves with people who have actually already done it. Right. And gone, can you speed up my timeline on a thing? Right. Oh, that's true. And I think too, it's the, when you have somebody helping you or coming alongside of you, it's also, you now are being questioned to be honest because, you know, they say as humans, right, we're not very good at self-reflecting always, That's right. you know, the context. So it's like, oh, well, I think I'm doing okay. And then when you, when you really get clear on it, right, it, then it kind of starts bubbling the surface, maybe where there's those points, like you're saying, where it's, you're not getting the growth you want, or you're not getting the the time frame you want or whatever it might be. So whatever think, it is. Yeah, yeah. I and, and, really good. and I would really say to your audience, like to those listening, it's there's a shift in identity, right? If we're talking about building the building building a life you love, mm-hmm. in my case, building, you know, the business is one piece of it. That's but right. what I would say to your audience is shift out of the mindset of entrepreneur to the mindset of being CEO, right? Mm-hmm. CEO of your life, yep. CEO of your business. When you emerge, right? Because entrepreneurs, those versions, they're wearing way too many hats, right? Right. They're juggling way too many things. They, they're really still a glorified employee of their business. Mm-hmm. So really just say to everyone listening, if evolve your identity mm-hmm. into the identity of the CEO of your life, the CEO of your business, and allow the universe to start supporting you beyond that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think if we're not, uh, it co- comes down to values, right? And that's how we decide what impact you want to have. But we need to know what our priorities and values in our whole life. Otherwise, we'll never have a business that actually aligns with, like, we don't control it. It controls us. That's right. Correct. And that's how people end up working 80 hours a week because they didn't define what is their lifestyle? What, you know, how, what am I going to allow to happen in my schedule? You know, and I think, yeah, that's something that at some point most of us become aware of and we correct if we haven't designed it that way, but not, you know, not everybody has yet, you know, but I'm very aware of that. You know, like I, Mondays and Fridays, I don't have any interviews or calls like that are set on the books weekly. 
because those yeah. are my days to get work done or be creative or cut out early, whatever it might be. I mean, some of those might be long days, but it's just head down or it's, it's other work, but I don't want to have commitments all the time on those days, you know? Yeah. And so for me, I designed it, you know, very specifically when my hours are for certain things, because if I didn't, I found that it was all over the place and I had no control over it. Yesterday with one of our elite clients, I, we structured out their year and you want to know the thing we structured it around? Vacation. Or getting married. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. The entire year long business plan. Right. Business plan was literally structured around everything for her dream to actually fully, because she's the primary breadwinner. 75% uh-huh. of our clients are women. We believe in financial sovereignty for women and that the world gets better when more money flows through more women. Yeah. Right. And so we structured her entire business plan for her year around that. her getting married. Wow. That's cool. That's really cool. I've not heard awesome. of that one before. I love that. Yeah. Awesome. Amazing, right? Full yeah. life integrated holistic approach to her business right. is about her life. Yeah. And she'll feel so much calmer, more aligned and not frazzled knowing that she's planned in all the time she needed for whatever she's planning with the wedding or she's going right. to. Right. So what's nice is she doesn't have to think about it now. That's right. She knows she's planned for it. That's right. It's not being tucked in or squeezed in. Right. It's the thing that she's mapping out the year for what she's going to do in the business around this rather than the reverse. Absolutely. So talk just a little bit about your philosophy around wealth, right? And what that, what attaining wealth can do, right? In the world, you know, with our legacy and impact. And then also, I know you had noted uh, before we started recording about, you know, the energy, right? The different energies and what, what do we get with that? You know, for my, the last three to four or 500 years, you know, business has really sort of been driven by profit at all costs, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, get money no matter what you have to do for it, right? And so what we saw emerge in history has been, you know, women getting paid less, people of color getting paid less, burn the environment down at all costs. And I truly believe the future is going to be as more and more of us as leaders emerge into what we call an intersection of wealth consciousness and impact consciousness, right? Prior, we had people that developed wealth consciousness who were like, okay, they figured out how to get rich. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, nothing wrong with that, but that's what they did, Mm -hmm. right? Or you had people that were impact consciousness who were like, I want to make the world a better place. And guess what? Those were often, those people were often broke, right? Right. I mean, all of us know a rich person and a broke uh, activist, right? Right, like, right. <laughs> you know, right. And so I'm saying, hey, then the future, and this is what I'm writing about in the book, Maximum Impact Potential, is around how do we cultivate a wealth consciousness and an impact consciousness that you get to live in your dream home and have your dream car and go on dream vacations, but you also get to make dream levels of impact. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, I talk a lot about wealth circulation. Mm-hmm. not just wealth generation. Well, obviously you have to generate wealth before you can circulate it. Right. Right. But the people that tend to come into our containers at Upwith Million are people who are beginning to think about, huh, how can I provide for my family? For mm-hmm. sure. Create security, stability, um, be able to protect my family, right? Through no matter mm-hmm. what can happen. Awesome. Right. So I talk about four circles of contribution, mm-hmm. right? Circle number one is where you're providing for yourself. Mm-hmm. Circle number two is where you're providing for yourself and your family. Circle number three is where you're providing for yourself, 
your family, and maybe you're able to now start providing for your community. Mm-hmm. And circle number four is where you're providing for yourself, your family, your community, and now you're able to start doing some things that really start having global impact. So, you know, I, I just believe that money, I, this sounds so cliche, Kristen. You know, I remember the first time someone said to me, uh, Alok, you know, money's just energy, right? And I was like, well, screw you, you know, <laughs> right? Don't give me a platitude about money, right? It, it really is. And when we realize that the more you help, there's a Zig Ziglar line. I don't know if you ever heard it, which is the more you help other people get what they want, the more you'll receive what you want. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so for those of us that want to run businesses that are based on our passions and our ability to make an impact and, and help other people's lives and live with purpose in our business life, not just our personal life, right. you get to have it all. Yeah. I truly believe you get to have it all. It is just energy moving. Mm-hmm. So if you be, commit to being a wealth circulator and speak to the universe, God, spirit, source, whatever you want to call it and say, can you, I invite more money energy to flow through me because I know that the more that flows through me, the more good I will do in the world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about, about that. Like you had mentioned the masculine feminine, but does that, is that somehow connected to this wealth circulation idea and just the receiving of, and I mean, not well, energy, which is money, you know, so what, what does that look like from your perspective? Yeah, I love the, I truly, you know, we live in such a divided world, right? It's like you're either masculine, do, 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 or you're feminine, be, 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 right? And I, the people I tend to attract and who I surround myself with are people who are the intersection. I truly believe we weren't born one or the other. Right, right. I believe all of us have masculine and feminine inside of us. And people say, wow, that's strange to hear a man talking about his feminine. Yeah. It's like, well, the more I actually truly believe that you, you have three sons, I have a son, mm-hmm. right? It's like, it's tapping them into being heart-centered man, right? Mm-hmm. Likewise, a lot of the women that come to me, it's me helping them step into their masculine and own their value and stop being underpaid, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So to me, we live in a world where I believe the future is going to be that intersection of the masculine and the feminine where you get to receive, right? You're going to crank it up and focus on your doingness, but also on your beingness, Who are you being in the world who's going to lead the movement for change that you want to make either in your family, your community, or in the world? Right. Mm, No, I love that. Yeah. And I like that concept. And I agree with you when I've, and it's only been in the last handful of years that I've really read more about the two different energies and what that looks like when you're kind of turned on for one of those energies. Because to your point, it doesn't matter. It's not about a male or a female. We're talking about different type of energy and different level of energy, but I can hundred percent see when I'm in one or the other, you know, now looking at it and I'm like, Oh, wow. No wonder things were a little off. Cause I was so into this, like focused production, do, 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 instead of, you know, where probably I need to be more on my, you know, the creative and the high, you know, the different type of the feminine energy, you know, so I have to be careful that I don't stay in one too long when I really need to be shifting. So I think it's really interesting and it's, it's newer for me, um, those concepts, but I think it makes a lot of sense. It's like, take my client Tamar, for example, she just had her first $120,000 month. And the first question I will ask my clients or my client, Sonia, who just started in our Blue Zone CEO program, and she went from charging 11,000 and she just landed a $22,000 client for the same offer, right? And the first question I will always ask them when they have a peak experience, right? Uh, a peak result in their business, I will ask them, how does that feel? 
in your body, right? See, the masculine is just going to go, well, that was good. Like on to the next thing. Right. Right. But that's where I actually need them to tap into their feminine and to feel, not just think, but feel. Yep. So they can repeat that same. Yeah. Correct. Because it hardwires their subconscious to start tapping in around that experience. Likewise, the flip side can be true too. If they're just in their feminine, they're like, well, uh, I'm just going to wait and receive. Right. Right. Uh I'm all about it. I'm not, I I love, and I'm kind of like, uh, I love you, but we're all going to need to lace in some doing, right? You know, <laughs> right. we need At to the bring end of the day, we got to make some hard cash. Like, <laughs> That's correct. We're going to have to bring in some masculine here. I love that you want to ready to receive. And yes, everything's going to flow towards you. I love law of attraction. Yeah. And let's figure out what you and your team are doing. <laughs> you right. Know, hey, look, I get it. Because to me... Full disclosure as well, uh, since I've just been transitioning, you know, moving into new stuff and new offerings this year, believe me, my husband's ready for me to get back to, you know, <laughs> that's correct. Uh, higher income again and all that. So yeah, I mean, besides myself, I'm like, okay, yep. I have a timetable. I better uh, get on. You know what I mean? Sure. It, it can't just be like, oh, well, when it happens, because that's not going to cut it. Right. You know, um, we have to, like you said, we have to actually get the work done. We have to, you know go out there and actually create that, uh, that wealth, if you will. So let me ask you, what would you, what else might you want to share, you know, with the audience just about well, uh, two things. One, I know you talk about, you know, closing sales, right? Like that a lot of people struggle with that piece. Is there anything you'd share about that? Because I mean, first of all, I, I think, and I'm guessing you might align with this every single person, we are all salespeople. That's right. You are selling yourself in your daily life, even if you'd never call it that, right? So we all have to sell something. We have to sell our idea. We have to sell that someone might like us. Like, And I don't mean you're selling it because you are trying to convince them. It's just how life works, right? Like we're always trying to convince somebody of something. Um, so what would you what would you share with us about that? Yeah, you know, people can either be in resistance to sales or not. But you are, you, Kristen, you nailed it. 100% of humans are in sales. The, the dentist is selling you on why you should come to their dentist's office. The doctor is selling you on why you should come to theirs. The, the preacher is selling you on why you should come to their church. The, the superintendent of the school is telling you come to this school, right? Mm-hmm. So even non-entrepreneurs, non-business owners, are mm-hmm. you are in sales. If you're an employee, you are selling your manager above you on why you should continue to have a job, right? You are, you are, you are in sales whether or not you like being in sales or not. So I really like to move sales in people's minds really to something that actually is sacred. Mm -hmm. And particularly for those of us that live in the impact-driven business space, right? Like let's say you have a passion and you want to be a coach and you want to help people make some sort of transformation, whether it's business coach or a health coach or a wellness Mm -hmm. coach, whatever that is, but you're in that world of desiring to make other people's lives better, selling is serving. Selling Mm -hmm. is the first step to serving, mm-hmm. right? So I don't care how big your heart is, right? You want to know one of the best salespeople in history? Uh-huh. Mother Teresa. Yes. Mother Teresa was one of the mm-hmm. best saleswomen in all of human history. Because mm-hmm. she would look at billionaires who wanted to write a check and she had no problem saying, is that all? Yeah. <laughs> That's nothing. Yeah. I don't want that check. You either write a bigger one or nothing. She had no problem selling, right? Because she believed in mm-hmm. what she was selling. She had a b- deep, 
belief, right? And so I would just recommend people to really see that sales is just that first step in someone making a really powerful transformation to change their life in a better direction. Right. Absolutely. And I agree with you. It is service. Really, if you're finding the right product or service to match with the right person, I, we call it sales, but to your point, it's really just saying, hey, which one, which of these is fitting with which person, right? That's really all we're doing. We're just kind of saying like, which one matches with which person? And we call it sales and that word scares some people, but really if we're just authentic and we believe in whatever we're doing, right? Or whatever we're working with, it's, we can just call it a sale or not. It's really just how do we connect with the right it's person. just an exchange. And so I would just say my, my, I started selling going door to door with my late uncle Jim in rural upstate New York. And we were selling water purifiers. And, you know, I learned a lot at age 11. I watched him and he taught me two things that were the best lessons about business that I've ever learned. One was look, sell things that make other people's lives better and sell to people you love. So you never feel that you're working a day in your life. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. And so so if you don't like what you're selling, sell something else. Yeah. Right. Sales. Yes. People are correct. Sales can be used for not good outcomes. Right. Mm -hmm. And sales can be used for selling good outcomes. Right. Right. So I tell people all the time, like when I'm training them on sales, I'm like, Hey, I'm giving you some actually like nuclear weapons right now. Like you could use this for not good outcomes. Right. Get right? it. Yeah. I mean, like, let's get real. The better you get, right? You actually run the risk. What I tell people is this sell from your heart mm-hmm. and don't be afraid. The, the way to know that sales will never become a negative tool in your toolkit that's used for harm is that you know, commit in your soul, or whether it's source, God, universe, whatever your language is, commit. Mm-hmm. I will never sell the wrong person, the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not afraid to end a sales opportunity if I feel the person cannot receive a benefit. Yeah. As long as you know that, as long as that is your North Star, as long as that is your commitment to the universe or God or whatever it is, and you do your best. Now, don't get me wrong. I have missold people. It happens. Why? Because my heart actually believes that they can make a big change, even though they're telling me I'm not the right fit. And and it happens. It just happens much less than when I was younger. Okay. Mm-hmm. So be gentle with yourself. If you make a mistake, you can clean it up. You can unwind it and mm-hmm. give them their money back or whatever the case may be. Right. But just generally speaking, be guided by your heart. Listen if you truly believe somebody can make like if I hear I just got off a call right before us with a woman who's uh, she, her name's Tony Bergen. She's the founder of journey, journey dance. She just joined our blue zone CEO program. She's been teaching for 25 years mm-hmm. when she and I had a sales call, Kristen, not a bone in my body hesitated to make her a $32,000 investment, mm-hmm. not a bone, not a bone in my body. Yeah. Because I just knew I was like, Oh my God, this woman, she's been dedicated to her passion for a quarter century. And I know I can help her take journey dance to the next level. Mm-hmm. I just knew. Right. Now, if I can't see it, I call it a third eye clairvoyance. If I cannot see a woman like Tony's future, mm-hmm. I end the call. Yeah. 
right? right? So you feel like it's not the right client for you at that, at that moment. Correct. Yeah. We, I had a sales call on, on Monday, the call opened by her. I said, I, cause it was a referral. Someone made that. I, I did I, to be honest, Kristen, I didn't know anything about this woman. So I said to her, tell me, I, I said, I don't know anything. I so-and-so introduced us to each other, uh, you know, bring it to me. And the first thing she says, well, I'm looking for a funnel builder who can review our funnels. Got and it. you know what I said to her? Chris? I said, I'm not your guy. Right. <laughs> like, sure. That makes I, I don't know why. Right. I, 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 that's not, I do not add enough value. I said, sure. My lead strategist in our program could review and we can add some value, but it's not why people hire us. Right. Right. But rather than ending the call, I kept listening, kept talking. And now she's in conversation to do our hundred K year long one-on-one because that's really the level that she's actually looking for. Right. It wasn't the funnel builder that she's actually looking for. And not only that, Kristen, she's like, I don't want any of your group programs either. She's like, and so it turned out she wants the most expensive thing on the menu. I said, okay, well, let's have, let's talk about that then. Right. Right. But it's all based on listening. And I have no problem saying to somebody, I don't think I'm your guy. No. I don't think you should spend any money on me. Cause I don't think I add enough value. There's other people who add more value for funnel building or whatever, Right. you know, we'd be a waste. Yeah. Well, okay. I love that you brought that example because one of the things I had written down that we might just touch on briefly is how do we have authentic conversations? Yeah. Right. And part of that was is that you listened really well and that you kept hearing signals or whatnot in, in asking questions. So is there anything you'd share about that? Because I think that's a key, right, to building these businesses and having impact. Huge. Oh my gosh. So notice what I modeled for you guys, for the listeners, is I wasn't uncomfortable. When I heard, oops, this, I think this is the wrong fit. Mm-hmm. I really want people to hear that. Don't be afraid. Don't, don't be like, oh no, I should try to figure out how to help everybody. Like if, if you are not being uh, met with a fit where you add the most value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, it's not that I couldn't have added any value. See, some people would get into a little trap there and realize, well, my lead strategist actually is a funnel wizard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's not our frontline big value driver, mm-hmm. right? Now, amateurs would be tempted in that moment to go, well, you know, you can work with my lead funnel, you know, my lead strategist here, and we can, right? Because they want to make a sale. Mm-hmm. It's so much, you'll earn so much more credibility with your the person you're talking to if you can say to them, I'm not sure this is where I add the most value. Because why? It'll make them curious about where you do add the most value. Right. See, as soon as then we, I kept asking questions and listening, please, everybody who's listening to this right now, let questions be your friend. Let questions give a clarity of whether there's a great fit or not. So for me, when I'm in a conversation, I'm listening for two things. One, should I end the call right now? Mm-hmm. Or two, am I locking and loading? And what I mean by that is if I hear enough signals from somebody that they have the challenges that I know we add a lot of value around, mm-hmm. I'm going to lock and load. I'm going to communicate very clearly to this potential buyer. We're a fit. We should move forward. Or I'm going to just say, just like I did, you know what? Based on what you're sharing with me, based on the questions I've asked you, Honestly, I think I should make a referral to somebody else who's an assassin level at the thing that you want. And it's not mm-hmm. me. 
I would much rather refer you to my friend so-and-so, my colleague so-and-so. I've got an enormous network you know, of people who are better than me at what they do. Right. Let me make a referral for you, right? Like, for example, if someone came to me, Kristen, and said, you know, I, I just want low ticket $97 digital courses sold by a Facebook or a YouTube ad funnel. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, there's other people way better than me. Right. That's way what they better. do. That's their thing. That's yeah. their jam. They are they are phenomenal at it. Me and my team would kind of duct tape something. And we do do that for some of our clients yeah. where it's the right time for them. And they want our level within the program to address that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if they're just looking for that exclusively, go get a specialist, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just, it's, it's being able to have really heartfelt, honest conversations. And that, when you do that, you won't be uncomfortable telling someone really directly, this is my jam right. and I will, I will add tremendous value. Like I'm not uncomfortable saying that and I'm not uncomfortable saying, I think we should end the call. Cause I'm not your guy. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think people, we feel like some, we, we feel the energy of the person seeming more authentic, right? right? In other words, they're not trying to hide anything That's right. when they're like, well, you know what? I'm not really sure that this is going to, this is the right fit or this okay. isn't my thing. This is my thing, but it's when we're kind of gray, right? That's where it's, it's not always um, the people are hesitant partly because you're not really giving off signals like, Hey, you know what? I think this might not work or I'm not sure yet. So can you answer these other questions for me? That's correct. I mean, here's how it can really play out in the long run. I've had people for whom on a sales call, I actually told them I'm not, I don't add enough value. I literally said those words for what you need. I and my team, we do not add enough value. See, now Mm -hmm. I used to be insecure about saying that. Right. right. Uh-huh. But when, but I've said that to them, they've thanked me for being honest. Right. But in so doing, Kristen, I position where I am a massive value creator. Right. Guess what? Those people have ended up becoming phenomenal referral sources because mm-hmm. I did not missell them. Right. I told them the truth, which meant me actually losing business, right? Losing business because I yeah. maybe could have sold them on something, but I was honest. They've ended up becoming massive referral partners for me because I told them the truth. Mm-hmm. I didn't oversell them into some junk they didn't need. Right. And then bang, I've become their go-to person for the thing which I do own as my biggest value, right? Which really in our business, it's those people who want to really sell high ticket, right? 2,000, 5,000, 10,000, 30,000, 50,000, 100,000, 200,000. I've got clients that are working on seven figure offers right now. Mm-hmm. I'm like that. I'm your guy for up there, you know? Right. right. <laughs> well, you know, and there's so many people that'll tell you, I, it took them years to get some of their clients and it's not because they weren't, they couldn't close the deal. It's because they, that client wasn't the right client yet. That's right. Right. And, and that's okay too, because the point is, is if you respected that, that lead or that relationship you're building, and it just wasn't a right fit. Now, if you still treat them like you would treat any other human, I hope, if you're, you know, aligned yeah. with your values, eventually they may be at the right place where you actually do work together. And maybe not some of them, but so many people have those stories where they're like, oh my gosh, it was like three years ago we met. And it wasn't until three years down the road that you're like, oh, now I can help you with where you're at. 
you know, so I think that's how we, we have to respect those even leads that maybe only were a half an hour conversation one time. You never know what the impact you had on that person was yet. I would tell your audience a story. This just, uh, some of them are like a surprise. Yeah. Right? Like oftentimes I'll get off a call and I'll think, you know, this person's probably going to percolate and they'll come around in a few months. But sometimes I want to share with your audience. It's a total surprise. Here's an example. I had a call about eight months with a woman and we got off the call. Um, it was a very good call, but she ended up declining the services at that time. And my intuition was, I don't actually know like that she'll actually ever come around. Like mm-hmm. I didn't have that intuitive hit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, she took a high powered job somewhere else and um, which still was as a coach, but it, it just, my intuition actually was sort of like, I'm not sure. I liked yeah. her. You know, yeah. I liked her. Kid you not in December, she signed on for our masterclass that we ran. Mm-hmm. I thought, huh. Like, this is really interesting, I, mm-hmm. but I have no idea. And bang, she's joined on for our highest level elite program, 30,000, yeah. six months, already made her payment, like, did it. I was like, so I don't want to tell the audience, yeah. stay open. Like, yep. you have no idea when things will align for somebody. Right. And she kept watching me. She took in a ton of my content and then she turned into a dream client. Like yeah. that one shocked me, Kristen, you know, I, be- and- <laughs> I believe it not to that scale, but many years ago when I was doing um, some more like business and online workshop stuff, but in person, I, this one gentleman had come to one of my things, you know, in like a training type thing. And it, like three years later, he called me, you know, to help yeah. him with some of his tech stuff. And I was like, what? But he's like, well, I still have your card. You know, it, it's like it took him three years to call That's me. Right. And I really wasn't doing that much work in that space anymore in that area. I still ended up helping him. But the point yeah. was, you never know how long it takes all of us to come around for certain things because we get busy with other things or maybe financially it's just not the right time, whatever it might be. So yeah, just I think the right the key there was keep putting out good content, be a really good human and know what your human. values and your priorities are. Yeah. Yeah, don't don't leave people with stink face after their call, right? right. Like, you know, because you just yeah. you just don't yeah. know are they going to turn into a referral source? Yeah. You know, the the other thing I would say to your audience, you know, uh, either those that haven't quite made that leap yet, they're in an unhappy job or they're paid mm-hmm. well, but, or the people you you also mentioned who have made the transition. What I would really say to them two things: one, timing will never be perfect to make a really powerful decision to invest in changing your life. It just never will be. There will always be something, uh, kids tuition, you know, a graduation coming up. There will always be something. Why? Because the brain goes, don't change. Right. It's, it can feel scarier to change than to stay where you're unhappy. Crazy yeah. as that sounds. I agree. And two, I would say, don't make decisions about whether or not you're going to invest into change based on your current financial situation. And I say that with it. I just want to be very careful because I want people, don't want people to freak out on me. But more so what I would say is make your decisions based on whether the your intuition tells you that the value, long-term value into your life of the investment will be worth more than the investment itself. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, and they often say we have to stretch in order to actually have growth, right? So a lot of times that means financially too. Yeah, I mean, here's right? an example. If it's comfortable, we may not, it's kind of like why they say they don't, even some things it could be free, like just a, a online little challenge. And some of those are, but if if everything's free, people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if it's cheap, they don't show up, right? And they don't do right. the work, in other words. So you, you right. do have to have skin in the game. And sometimes that means financially. And and I'll give an example of this. I mean, I, I was looking at an investment for myself and I went to a, a mentor and I asked, you know, what do you think of this investment? Because I'm, I invested in myself, right? Yeah. I'm not one of these seven figure business owners who's telling you, you know, you, you should be doing this. Like I do this for me. Right. And I went to the mentors. I went to two mentors and I said, Hey, I'm thinking about this. And there was two levels. There was a $75,000 level and a $30,000 level. Mm-hmm. And the mentors asked me, well, which of the levels are you thinking about? Look, I said, well, you know, I'm thinking about the 30K level. I'd already done some 10Ks and some 25K yeah. investments, $25,000 investments. So I said, I'm thinking about the 30K. And both mentors separately and each in their own way said, well, tell me, why are you thinking about that level? I said, well, because I can do it, you know, <laughs> yeah. because I can do it. I never forget. I said that literally to both of them. I I can do it, you know, it's not, yeah. you know, it's not my deal. And literally both of them looked at me, Kristen, and they said, you know, that's why you need to do the $75,000 level. Hmm. And I mean, right in that moment, there was that kind of stomach churn where you kind of want to puke a little, yeah. you know, and they were like, <laughs> I would, I would have been like that. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, but they were right yeah, because they looked at me each in their own way. And they said, you won't grow at that 30, even though it's a lot of money at $30,000, it right. is a huge amount of money, but they said, you're going to coast. Mm-hmm. Because listen to how you're talking about it. You're not stretching. You're not nervous. Right. You're not uncomfortable at all. Yeah. And and that was when I leaned into that 75K level because I knew it felt uncomfortable. I was sweating, you know. But here's the deal. As soon as I made that powerful decision, that's what I really mm-hmm. want your audience. What, mm-hmm. You know, you want to build the life that you love, like make more powerful decisions yeah. than you've ever made before make more powerful this across your whole life. If you're in an unhappy marriage, either make a decision that it's going to improve mm-hmm. or if you're with a partner, it's not going to improve. End it. Yeah. You know, if you're not happy with your weight and your body or whatever, make a powerful decision. Yeah. If you've got trauma that's holding you back, do deep trauma work mm-hmm. to help you start healing those traumas so you can transform other parts of your life. If you're looking to grow your business, invest into mentorship. If you're looking to whatever it is, if you're looking for spiritual guidance, invest, make powerful Mm -hmm. decisions. Mm, Absolutely. I think that's so good. Actually, I had a a guest on, I think it was last summer, but she's she's more of a feng shui, but it's not in it from a designer perspective. She helps people kind of level up. Like it's more about expansion. Well, she had such great stories. She talked about how one woman, and a lot of us are guilty of this in certain places in our house. She never got new sheets because she was waiting till she got to some level. She had like scratchy, ratty sheets and she wouldn't. And I was like, oh God, I could probably, I, I get it. Yeah. But she said, until you, she said, cause she looked this, this woman, the, the guest expert had said, I, before I had my own business, I worked for this really high-end design company in Hawaii. So they had a lot of um, really, you know, very, very wealthy clients. And she said, what I noticed is in those houses, they had spaces for everything, you know, like a yoga space of this. She said, you have to design for the life you want 
to create for yourself. You, if you only have even your office, like if it had another lady, she knew had like a broken leg on her table, but she wouldn't go out and replace the table. But every day that reminded her of her, that her wealth, you know, her money mindset was like, well, I'm not, I'm not, I can't give myself that thing. But what a lot of people tell us is you actually need to go have this really rich experience, go spend more money on yourself than you ever have for something. And I don't mean go, you know, get in debt for it necessarily, but because you're never going to level up if you don't allow yourself to feel how that felt. And to your point, the 75 K for you at the level you're at in your business, what it did is it made you stretch to say, if I'm going to spend that kind of cash on my investing in myself, I'm going to have to make that much more money to justify it. So it, it made you level up or expand. So, so you nailed it, Kristen, right? Like it, it, it made that prickly, uncomfortable feeling inside me, which really forced me to evolve into the version of myself who would make the 75K investment right. the right decision. Yeah. Right. That is an internal growth an internal evolution oh, into that future so version of ourselves. Right. And we get to that's do that across our entire lives. Like, you know, I got called out because I, you know, after 2016, I had built, fixed my financial life. Right. So yeah. I could be a provider in my household. Uh-huh. Right. But let's be real. During the time period we lived in, I tacked on like 25 pounds. Yeah. Right. COVID-15, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And so then at a certain point, I had to make, yeah, I made all sorts of powerful decisions in my spiritual life. Mm-hmm. I do plant medicine ceremonies to start healing past trauma and mm-hmm. my, for my investment. But my physical, woo, Yeah. yeah. It right? had been ignored. Yes. And so finally, then I made a powerful decision there too, right? Yeah. So I want to say to the listeners, like, as you're listening to this, walk away from your listening of this episode and really and commit to yourself what are the most powerful decisions mm. I can make across love my that. entire life. 100%. I love that. Literally. Yeah, and, and, and it's so available good. to you. you right. I don't care whether you're white, black, yellow, purple, I don't care, old, young, yeah. rich, poor. You are fully endowed mm-hmm. with the capacity. Yeah. To write down more powerful decisions about your future and your life than you've ever made before. Absolutely. I love that. It's called growth, right? You're either stagnant or you're growing. And it's the same with our relationships. You got to invest the time and you have to have those conversations to say like, this is what I'm going to try to do to improve. And this is what I need us to do. You know, it could be with my kid. It didn't matter who the conversation was with, but it was don't wait till it's too late, right? Like you gotta, I mean, it might be too late because you need to change it, but you gotta do the work now, you know? So it's so true. And I would actually say, you know, um, the because uh, I used to say growing or stagnant, right? But a yeah. mentor actually pointed out to me and said, well, take it from nature. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nature is either growing or dying. Right, absolutely. Yes, Oof. I've heard that before too. That yeah, I'm with you. That makes it more like you're more likely to make a change, right? Because right. I agree with you. It's true. He looked at me and he was like, look, uh-uh, there is no stagnant. There is no flat line. There is no plateau. It's either mm-hmm. growth or contraction. Yeah. And that moment I, I was like, that. oh my God. <laughs> uh, I mean, you're right. Because you're more likely to make a change if you saw it in those context, in that context. So I love That's that right. too. You're either expanding mm-hmm. or contracting. Yeah, not, I love you're it. Not floating, and uh, whether that's in your relationship, right? That relationship's yep. either growing or dying. Yeah, 
And we grapple with that, right? Because, yeah. you know, my, my partner has made certain asks of me as right, a man. Right, sure. You know? Who hasn't? <laughs> Relationship, who hasn't? I, it's human nature because we're two people always compromising, right? But, but, but it's just it's just how life is, I think, you know? I think if there was no asks, then I would question if the people are being honest, maybe. That's but, right. <laughs> That's just right. the truth here, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> if you think your relationship's great and you never think you ever like question or say you want something different, then I'm going to ask you if the other person's really paying attention, you know? That's right. Yeah. They really uh, awake at the wheel. Yeah, yeah. So, oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for being on today and sharing so much wisdom in your stories and just, you know, the things you've learned along the way. Look, how can people connect with you online and learn about your upcoming book and all the amazing things you're doing in the world? Oh, thanks so much. It's been such a joy to be here. Uh, first step is you can go to upliftmillions.com slash book if you'd like the book uh, Maximum Impact Potential. And then you can also go to we.upliftmillions.com. It's our uh, standalone app. You can go to the Google uh, Play Store or the Apple App Store, find that app, jump in. It's primarily right now for entrepreneurs, but for those who want to begin to start uplifting millions of lives, it's a great place for you to take a first step with us. Mm, I love it. Thank you so much and happy new year. Such a great uh, honor to be here, Kristen. Thanks so much. Uh, I loved the conversation today with a look it, we covered so many great topics. And at the end of it, it comes down to what do you really want deep down? What do you need to do now so that when you look back on your life, you won't regret the life you lived? What impact can you have in the world and what legacy can you leave for your family and generations to come? And I just want to leave you today with the words by Bob Goff in his book, Everybody Always. He says, I don't think God uses card tricks to get our attention. Rather, he gives us hopes and dreams and desires. He gives us tenacity and resilience and courage. He's made us good at some things and horrible at other things. He brings joyful, beautiful, fun people into our lives and a few difficult ones too. Sometimes he changes the trajectory of our plans by taking away what we've comfortably known and letting us fly through valleys that are deeper and narrow than any we've been through before. Don't ignore the green lights you already have. What delights you? What fires your imagination? What fills you deep with a sense of meaning and purpose? What draws you closer to God? What is going to last in your life and in the lives of others? Do those things. They're your green lights. Most of us already have more lights than we need. Don't wait to join a movement. A movement is just a bunch of people making moves. Be a movement. Figure out what your next move is going to be, then make it. No one is remembered for what they only plan to do. Ah, such great words. And I do love Bob Goff. He's just amazing. And I think that's what I would leave you with today. Just make your next move, you know, just take an action and move towards the thing that you feel drawn to help for the people to help or the movement, be the movement. And as I said earlier, we are our own ministries. So just step out and step up and get going. Once again, thanks for listening to the podcast. And if you enjoyed the podcast, we would love it if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts because that helps us get discovered by more people. We'd also love your feedback. So email me at Kristen at KristenFitch.com or DM me on Instagram. I'm at Kristen Fitch. And let me know what ideas or ideas for shows or for guests that you have. I would love to hear from you. 